Hey guys, what's up? It is Allie on the Allie McGee podcast, and I am here with Jason Himera as we chat about mastering your reflection. On today's episode, you'll hear from Jason, who is a movement specialist, as we chat about the power of reflection to create a better future. Einstein defines insanity as doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. With that being said, If nothing changes, nothing changes. So to do better and live in a better world, we must be able to learn from our past, sit in the uncomfortable and uncertainty that reflection brings, and then take action to move the needle point forward. During this episode, we'll chat about the importance and power of reflection, how to apply reflection to one's life, and how to take actionable steps that someone can use to improve their current state without a skewed perception and ultimately move into a life that they're fully aligned with. Creating for a healthier and happier world for everyone around them. Stay tuned. You're in for an awesome episode. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Allie on the Allie McGee podcast, and I am here with Jason Hemera, my first repeat guest. I'm super pumped. We had an awesome um, episode last time about self-talk, so definitely check that one out. And um, we're here to discuss reflection and the importance of kind of reflecting on you know, quarantine, how we're coming out of it, how everything is changing. So I'm super pumped to talk to Jason and, you know, dig in. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Absolutely, Allie. And uh, a pleasure to be here again. Uh, I know that we had such a great conversation and I hope it provided a lot of value to the listeners. I know it provided value to yourself. We kind of had some follow-up conversations about some negative self-talk and some interventions to combat that. And I couldn't be more excited to be here today talking about something that I'm super passionate about and, and something that I'm, I'm wiggling my way into making my life's purpose. And you know, it, we call it the topic of reflection, but really reflecting back so we can create a better future, right? Because essentially that's what we're all here for, right? Everything we're doing, the work you're doing in the field, everything I'm doing from the movement side of things, to the coaching side, to the, I, I put this tag on my Instagram, positivity promoter side of things, you know, just, we just make up words and go after stuff, right? Uh, it's really all about what's coming next, you know, what happens next. And, and as humans, we've kind of found that the best way to predict the future is by looking at the past. And as we kind of open this conversation up, we will, there's, I have some thoughts about the positives and the potential obstacles of that type of approach. But ultimately, there's, there's an undeniable argument about everything that we're doing now is to create ourselves a better future. Right. Yeah. I love that. That is so important. I have found that reflection in my life. Um, like nothing changes if nothing changes. Right. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which it takes you reflecting on the things that have happened in your life or actions or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and you have to reflect back on, Oh, I didn't like that. I didn't like how I felt. I didn't like what I did. I don't like how I responded, reacted. Um, to be able to change your action for the future. So 
reflection has been, it's newer into my life, probably the last year. It's because it, it's hard to look back on your life and reflect personally. Um, but then getting to a bigger scale, it's, you know, history re repeats itself if we don't, you know, fix, reflect and fix things. So I think the bigger you get um, on the scale, it becomes even more important. Um, I think though, to see change, you kind of have to start small and with yourself, because if we can't change ourself or, you know, um, our offspring, then we can't change, you know, the bigger picture. So could you kind of go into the importance of reflecting back over either, you know, a day, a week, a month, a span of a year or events? What's the importance of that? And why should we do that? Excellent. Excellent. Great place to start is in the past. So let's, let's start with some ground rules. How about that? Right. If we, if we look at the word reflection, right. And we just kind of think what it means to us, it, it's come in essentially social psychology and pop psychology to, to be looking back, right. We reflect on what's happened in the past, but in the true sense of the word reflection, it's looking in the mirror. It's something staring back at us. And usually it's, it's a, image of ourselves. Now, what's really interesting is if you think about how mirrors work, right? Do they truly reflect back what you actually are in the present or does it sometimes potentially get distorted a little bit? Um, I would say a little distorted. It's a little distorted, right? Especially if you're off on an angle, right? You know, um, that's why the, you know, the, the bathroom selfies, they have a certain angle where you hit the light and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, that person looks amazing. And it's like, they don't look like that in real life. You know, it's all about how they're just working the angles. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what's, what's super critical to remember as this conversation unfolds is when we look at the natural world and we look at us human beings interacting with this natural world, there's certain principles that exist that are unifying and that are essentially just out of our control, right? doesn't matter how much we try and argue them or debate them, believe in them or not believe in them, they exist, right? Gravity is a pretty big one, right? The effect of gravity, obviously we've learned to manipulate it, but that doesn't mean we can just do away with gravity or just wake up one day and say, no, I don't believe in gravity. I'm just going to float. Like it doesn't work like that. Right. So there's, there's certain natural principles that exist in the world that are just irrespective of human well-being or just human contention for that matter. Right. Reflection is one of those as well, because again, it doesn't really matter if you believe it or not. If you look in a mirror, right. And you have the capacity to do that. You're going to see something coming back. Right. And it could be the true image or it could be a distorted image, right? And that's always going to happen. We as humans have learned how to manipulate that with our goal-directed consciousness to obviously get the view that we want to get. Now, this is very critical thinking about reflection because it's one thing to just say, oh, yeah, I looked back a day ago and I woke up and I didn't feel so good. And, you know, so I did all these different things and so on and so forth. But we have to really ask ourselves, are we seeing a reflection that is indeed true to what happened? Or are we seeing a distorted view that we've manipulated for our goal-oriented purposes? Again, remembering everything we're doing is future-minded. So the interesting point of reflection is we have to become immediately aware that as we look back into the past, as we review a past relationship, as we think about a business deal that either went good or that went bad. If we think about, you know, the winning trade or the winning bet, or we think about a death or we think about a movement or, or just anything in history, right? Which is anything that's in the past. We still end up coloring it with a future directed output. 
And this is behavior modulation. This is, you know, a little bit of a fault in our memory compression system. This is, but this is more importantly, a potential coloring of us as humans being able to exist for a better future. So as we're going into the past, let's think about where we're trying to go in the future, right? Let me ask you a quick question, Allie. When you look in the mirror, okay, it is a two-part question. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? And in the most simplistic, when you personally look in the mirror, what do you see? Um, I mean, myself, my, you know, my face, no. Period, period. That's it. Straight up. You look in the mirror, straight up. You look in the mirror, you see your face and you see your, your physical body, right? What do you hope to see? Um, a good version of myself, <laughs> a clear version of myself. Um, I don't know. What's, what should I be seeing? <laughs> ah, see, uh, that, that, and that uh, right there, guys, is, is right. That's the question we need to ask ourselves. Because when we look in the mirror, we have to ask ourselves, am I looking to just see what I see? Or do I have something in my mind of what I hope or what I want to see? And most of the time, and the reason you probably got a little tripped up, and even you, you stuttered on your answer, you're like, wait, what do I literally see? <laughs> like, you're probably going to be like, I see success. I see bravery. I see beauty. Like, you know, you see all these things, but that's what you're intending to see. Those are aspirations. Those are, those are mental constructs, right? These are all things that you've attributed to yourself. And you're looking to confirm that by looking in the mirror. But in reality, at the very baseline level, you just see a, your face. That's it. You see your face and you see you. But that's not the question we ask when we look in the mirror. The question we ask is, what do I hope to see? Or more importantly, what do I want to see? And then if you don't see it, what do you do to see that? Mm. Right? Kate, I'll give you a perfect example. I woke up today and I had a little bit of wine last night. So I woke up and I was like, I was getting ready in the bathroom. I, I looked in the mirror, turned to the side. I was like, I don't like that. Yeah, I like that. Right? And then I walked out. My day went off great. Right. And I, I know that, you know, especially in the health and fitness world, the mirror is our it's our primary metric for 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 success. Right. We look in there. And we say, how do I look? How am I looking? Mm. And if we don't see it, we begin to twist and contort things because ultimately we want to feel good about the progress we're making. And as long as we have a, an opti or an, an optimistic future minded outlook, meaning like, hey, I'm getting better every day. I put in some hard work. We're going to just kind of confirm that in the mirror. We're going to suck in a little bit. We're going to flex a little harder. We're going to turn a little to the side. We're going to, we're going to put our best face into that mirror, right? We're going to put what we hope to see into the mirror, right? And if we see something that's off, we're going to justify it. We're going to say, ah, well, that'll go away, or that's the result of this, that, the other thing, but that's okay. I'm this, right? Now, not that that's inherently good or bad. Only thinking makes it so. We talked that, about that with self-talk, right? More importantly, we're setting ourselves up for a situation where what we see coming back isn't necessarily what our brain's recording is what happened at that moment, right? Mm -hmm. We're kind of beginning to color, beginning to compress a memory, compress an instance in, in the present world that is going to then be pushed into our memory as a positive experience when maybe it's not or vice versa, negative experience or something that's kind of warning us is going to be then stored away as a positive experience. So we're going to kind of end up contorting what's going into the past based on where we want to go in the future and the action that we have in the present. So what does this mean for reflection? This means that we have to be very careful when we unlock that vault that says past files in our brain and we, we sit with it there's a high probability that those memories that are stored, those feelings, those experiences 
over time, research has shown that the majority of past experiences are good. But that doesn't make any sense, right? Let me, let me give you an example. You can look at the most painful breakup you ever had, something that literally drove you to the brink of suicide, depression at that time. Ten years later, what are you going to say about it? Most likely, what are you probably going to say? Like it wasn't like it wasn't that bad or bingo. It wasn't that bad. It was meant to be. I learned so much from it. I'm so yeah. glad it happened. It made right. But literally 10 years ago, what you were compressing was yeah. literal hell, yeah. absolute literal hell. Right. Yeah. And when we think about that, it's like, huh? Okay. The majority for, for normal psychologically sound functioning humans. Of course, when we get into different psychopathologies and different types of anxieties or depressions, things get skewed quite a bit. And that's a whole nother topic that we'll just kind of hold constant for right now. But for people who operate normally, even the most negative of memories will be remembered positively. And even the most greatest positive memories will be kind of flatlined. Everything gets kind of compressed into this almost mundane line of experience, right? And, and that's for good reason, right? That's because, so we as humans don't have to dwell on that. We can move past it. And again, we can exist more for the future and our past doesn't become super burdensome. Obviously with things like PTSD and trauma and rape and, and all of those very horrific occurrences, there's a different mechanism that goes off. But again, just remembering and, re and respecting just normal operatings of life, right? So we have to ask ourselves, if I'm reflecting back, there's a good chance that what I'm reflecting back on is going to be colored. It's going to be emotionally skewed in a way, just like the way I'm looking in the mirror to try and get something I want. That memory, that, that past is going to come up and it's going to, it's going to be different than when it was at the time, right? Because if it was very catastrophic, there's a good chance I'm trying to remove those catastrophic tags so I can exist more positively. So what does this mean? This means that as long as we're able and capable of accepting the fact that we're looking at a distorted image of ourselves, we can derive a more concrete, actionable experience that we can move forward on, right? We have always, we, we like to justify things with everything happens for a reason, right? Of course it does. The second it happens, we can look back and we can assign reasons to it. And we can just continue to assign reasons to it. People are still assigning reasons to World War II. And Hitler, the hot topic today, Black Lives Matter, people are assigning reasons to why this happened. And they'll twist and they'll turn it based on their goals and their objectives and their motivations. What do they want to have happen out of this? The only reality that we really know is that something happened and we are where we are because of it, right? And most of the time, as we talked before, life is incredibly complex and it's not singular, it's multifactorial, right? So a lot of these complex issues and stigmas and societal operatings are multifactorial and they're not just one thing happened there's there's a, a cascade of many different things at many different times when we reflect back what we see is that it happened and more importantly we remember where do we want to go with it and the way that we can figure that out is in order to have a meaningful reflection right we're talking about what's the meaning what's the reason that we would want to reflect the reason we would want to reflect is we'd want an answer to a directive to a specific future outcome in other words, once we find what that goal is, once we find what we're trying to operate toward, then we can take a second and reflect back and say, okay, let me pull some experiences and examples in my life where this was the case. 
let me try and remove or at least be mindful of the emotional tags that this memory triggers in me. And then let me really try and pull the contextual surrounding of whatever I can remember back into it. So that way I can have a more complete picture and for better, for worse, for right, for wrong, for emotionally positive or emotionally negative, I now at least have these bits of information that I can say, wow, you know what? That breakup really did suck. You know what? I could have lived without it. You know what? It was really negative. But of course I learned something, right? You see how that kind of happens? We go and we justify it, but we could say, you know what? Maybe I didn't learn anything, right? Maybe it really just was a shit scenario. Maybe it just was that. I obviously learned from it now. Why? Because I compressed it positively. So I learned how to not do that again. But in all honesty, the actual event itself was, was a negative scenario. So once we figure out and say, let's, let's take a topic of where we're talking about fitness and well-being and weight loss. Let's take a topic of, let's really narrow it down and make it specific. Okay. So that way we can really kind of look back into our past. And let's say in the future, I would like to lose 10 pounds. Okay. We can obviously go through the, the protocols and processes of, well, why do you want to lose 10 pounds and, and just really flush that goal out. But let's say that we've done all that. We have a really solid future-minded goal of wanting to lose 10 pounds. So let's say we want to do that in a month. And we're going to say, you know what, like I failed at this before. So I'm going to take some time. I'm going to reflect back and I'm going to see, I'm going to look for some experiences and some guidance as to maybe why I failed. But more importantly, maybe I should be looking for what would help me succeed. Mm-hmm. And what you would do is you would go back into your past, right? And I, I do believe, Ali, you've been on like weight loss ups and downs, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's make this real, right? Let's say if we asked Ali to reflect back and say, okay, tell me about in just as raw terms as possible, a span of time where you had a goal of wanting to lose weight. And then that as that time unfolded, what happened to lose the weight? What does that look like? Um, okay. So probably, you know, well, it starts with the mirror and you're not happy with what you see in the mirror and you're like, okay, let's lose. You know, I didn't even have a specific goal. It was just, let's lose weight. So then, um, you know, you start working it out more and you start making small steps. Um, what else was part of your question? Right. So the, the, the question is an exercise in reflection, right? And let's say we've established the goal of weight loss, right? And in a typical reflection, you would look back into your past and you would say, okay, because you've done it before, you've done it, right? Yeah. Like you've lost the weight, you're successful in it, we're here now. What we're doing is we're saying, let's say you wanted to do that again, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, that I'm not putting goals in your mouth, right? But I'm saying like, just <laughs> because you've experienced this, right? Let's say that you wanted to do that again, right? The first thing you would say, you, you hit it on the head, you would look in the mirror and you'd say like, I want to make a change. But yeah. then you would look back and say, did I do this before? Your answer would be yes. Okay. And now what you would do is you would recall a certain instance of when you've done that and just describe to me and, the, and, and everyone listening, like what that looked like devoid of any emotion, like literally step, like what did it look like? Um, so, you know, it's like, I have this goal. I want to change what I look like. Then, you know, create a game plan, um, you know, uh, work out more the food intake, you know, you kind of look at every aspect of your life of like, okay, what worked well? Well, I was consistent with workouts. What worked well? I was consistent with my nutrition. What worked well? I was, you know, healthy bedtime, you know, consistent bedtime. Um, Three things that worked. Perfect. Now give me three obstacles that you had to overcome. 
um, overcome. Um, saying no to alcohol, um, overcome. <laughs> oh gosh, this is a hard one. Um, pause, pause, because you just demonstrated. Yeah. Why is it hard for you to recall the obstacles? Because they are like compacted. I don't want to think about those ones. You know, I just want to think about the positive um, mm -hmm. or the easier ones. Yeah. Um, Cause it's kind of, is it kind of like uh, negative emotions? We kind of suppress those. We don't only want to think about the positive um, emotions or outcomes to every situation, kind of like the breakup. Yes. Uh, we'll separate emotions and experiences though, okay. right? Because yeah. the emotions, sure. But even the obstacles devoid of emotion yeah. completely have fallen off. Yeah. Right. So if I said, Hey, Allie, reflect back on a time when you lost weight, it would be this positive, incredible yeah. experience because you did it right. You yeah. were there. However, if you wanted to do it again, all you have to go off of is what you did. Right. Right. So the tough versus when mm -hmm. I'm going through it, it's hell on earth. I'm like, Oh, I'm just barely getting by, you know? Right. And upon deeper reflection, you can re-earth those memories. You can go back and be like, you know, I remember this one time, like I was out with my friends and they were all drinking and it was so fun. It was warm out and the white claw was in front of me, but I struggled so hard and I really, really disliked myself in that moment. I almost gave up on my goal. And, you know, of course, since you're past that, you're like, oh crap, maybe I should begin to avoid those situations if I want to be more successful faster going in the future. Right. Mm -hmm. And that right there is the key to an effective reflection. Mm -hmm. right is recognizing right away and this is very normal again this is just how our brains work this is how we compile information right on on a very normal general operating scale so we have to be mindful of that and we have to realize that reflecting back and it's like oh it's all bells and whistles or, or quite the opposite like it was just absolute crap there's always there's always a very delicate balance of both and when we're in the moment and living it we typically will obviously at that time be directed toward one side or the other. So while our brains are experiencing everything, while we're looking in the mirror and we can see literally the exact reflection, our perspective begins to skew it with that goal-directed outcome of, well, where do I want to go with this? What's the meaning of this? Why am I looking in the mirror? Well, I want to look a certain way, so I'm going to make myself look that way. But that doesn't mean that the brain doesn't actually condense and store all of the raw information as well. So if we learn how to realize that in these reflections, it's going to be very polarized. And if we begin to learn how to ask the right questions, when we kind of go back into our past memory banks, we'll be more effective. And therefore, the meaning of reflections will be that much more robust. And that robustness will then provide a very critical and a very specific action plan for you then going into the future because it is your experience, right? And it's not an experience that's just maybe one-sided or that's lost some critical details because now you can look at it and say, whoa, my goal now is to lose weight. I'm reflecting back on when I lost weight before. Oh, I had a really good experience. Okay, that means I'm going to have a good one now. But in reality, we know that you're missing some critical pieces, some obstacles you had to overcome, maybe some hardships, right? And now you can say, well, going in the future, I want to get better, which means that getting better means overcoming my obstacles. Mm -hmm. So I want to unearth those first, right? And then I want to use the positive successes to then obviously reinvigorate the motivation so that I can not only achieve it faster, more effectively, but I can also have a better experience and grow as an individual moving forward.
Well, um, you kind of talk about asking the right questions. What, at a high level, what kind of questions should we be asking ourselves? Well, that's a great question. Don't you love when people say that? That is literally how people stall instead of just answering the question. They go, that's a great question. I got three more seconds to come up with my answer. Kind of like I just came up with like 10 seconds so I can think a little bit more, right? See, it all has meaning. The right questions to ask, right? So obviously we want to make sure that your questions are very goal specific, right? You want to start asking around your goal. But if we go back to what I said in the beginning, how there's these kind of unifying principles, right? There's these kind of constants that exist outside and irrespective of human intention, right? And we said reflection is kind of one of them. It doesn't really matter. If we look at a mirror, it's going to reflect back, right? It doesn't care if you don't like yourself. It doesn't really care how you're standing. It's going to do what it's naturally just built to do, right? And then it's up to us to make the meaning. When it comes to asking questions, essentially there's a similar principle that exists, right? And what this basically says is that if you can ask a positively charged question, what happened well, you can obviously ask the polar opposite, what didn't go well. And that at a very high level is where you want to start. For whatever list of questions you come up with innately, in the real world and as a, as a principle, there's going to be an answer to the opposite end of that spectrum. Right. So again, if we kind of think of life as this spherical spiral kind of interrelated matrix of concepts and, and relationships and systems throughout our natural world and our internal world, we look at asking the right questions as being the ability to come up with what you come up with naturally without doing any type of coaching or behavior change or anything like that. Like, what do you come up with naturally? Right. I want to reflect back on this, this and this three things right? Then you would say, okay, those three things have to have a three opposite thing, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they're kind of have to have these polarized opposites. If you're saying, I want to reflect back on, let's just take topics of the day. I want to reflect back on Black Lives Matter. I want to reflect back on quarantine and coronavirus. And I want to reflect back on the upcoming, you know, on 2016 and the election right? Three things that are all pretty much very relevant right now. So I want to look back and I just want to gain some perspective on these three things, okay? So if you're saying, well, I want to look back on Black Lives Matter, right? What you would say then as a component to that, you'd be like, okay, well, let's go back to a time when that wasn't on the forefront. Can I remember that time? Where were, And that time is more about you as an individual. Was there a time in your life where maybe you had a bit of racism, where maybe you didn't treat someone fairly for their skin, right? And those are hard questions for people to ask because it's very easy to go back and say, well, let me, let me look and see what my journey with Black Lives Matter or with being, um, you know, equality was all about. But let me look back at a time and see if there was any times where maybe I didn't do my part or maybe I did partake in these situations. That's the equal and opposite. If I'm looking for the good times where I support this question, well, where are some times where maybe I didn't? And those are going to be the ones that really is going to define your why. And it's really going to build your confidence and your core mission to why this statement means so much to you, because you're going to be able to build that opposing argument. And you're going to look back at your life and say, oh, crap. I remember this time when I was 16 and you know what? We were picking for teams and you know what? I picked the black person last. Yeah. Just something simple as that, right? Because maybe yeah. you grew up in white suburban Texas. Right. And that was just the, the, the times in the 80s and the 90s. Right. Yeah. And you're like, crap, I was a real jerk. And, and you really internalize that. And you reflect back and you say, wow, OK, why did that happen? 
all right, well, it was all of these circumstances, right? I was young, I was this, or maybe I was aware. Okay, what am I going to do better? What am I going to do to learn and to educate? And then it becomes now an open-ended conversation with yourself where now the new questions that come up are, well, one, you know, if you're reflecting black, back on Black Lives Matter and you find some scenarios where maybe you didn't uphold that question, mm-hmm. now you ask yourself, well, what am I going to do about it? Yeah. Right? You went back and you reflected and you looked in your memory and you said, holy crap, that, that, that's there, right? Moving on to Corona and quarantine, you say, okay, well, I want to really reflect back and see what the quarantine and Corona did to me. Well, you would basically say, well, what was my life like before the Corona and the quarantine? Can we even remember what that was like, right? You know, everyone's like, it was so much better. Was it? Eh, I don't know about that, right? Maybe it wasn't. I mean, personally for me, my life has gotten incredibly, 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 incredibly more clear because of Corona and quarantine because I was forced to be with myself. Mm. I found that, uh, you know, a function of my job, a function of my love, a function of my draw was to travel. But what I've come to kind of realize through all of this is reflecting back. I said, well, what was life before quarantine? It was travel. It was, it was, I was all over the place. I was exploring. I was so happy. And then I realized after sitting here for two months, I actually like being in one spot. I actually like having time with myself and being forced to, to go inward and say, you know, why was I traveling so much? What was I looking for? What is, you know, for me personally, it was, it was almost a means to just kind of escape from sitting down and doing the hard thing. Right. And, and really just connecting to my purpose and connecting to work and connecting to a mission and connecting to essentially a growth component that I personally am working toward, which now I'm starting my master's. Right. Like that was something I put off for a year and a half. Why? Because I was traveling in the great world of life before Corona. I wasn't doing the thing I wanted to do. So if you ask yourself to reflect back and say, well, what does quarantine mean to me? What does Corona mean to me? Like, what does all of this mean? Look back at a time before and say, okay, was it really all that good? And if it was that good, why was it that good? What, what are the things that I'm missing now or that have changed now? And then re- and, and look at it and, and start to ask yourself, okay, if I'm looking at Corona, and, and of course people are always saying that Corona and quarantine is, is terrible, right? Like it's, 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 we know it's ruined a lot of people's lives, or at least we think it has. And it's ruined their lives from a stability perspective. It's shaken them, right? It might've taken their job. It might've taken people they love. It might've taken their own lives, right? It might've wrecked their communities. It might've wrecked their businesses. But again, if we look at the notion of everything's happening for a reason, we know that five years down the line, this is going to be a learning experience. The question is, as you're compressing this and storing this into a memory that five years down the road is going to be a reflection. You're going to reflect back and see what this time is. Can you compress it in a way that is true to its actual meaning now? How do you feel now about it? Are you actually wrecked about it? Are you actually ecstatic about it? Or are you in this change perspective that allows you to really have the ability to adapt once it's time to adapt. Are you kind of in a limbo phase, just kind of suspended in jello, sort of say, right? Which is where I think a lot of people are. But because we don't like to exist in chaos, we like to be black or white, people have to shift to one side right away. It's either, hey, it's great in Corona or hey, it's terrible. But what if we don't really know? That's okay. And, and putting that into a reflective category and looking back and saying, what was life like before Corona? becomes ever more meaningful if, again, we realize that our, dis- our imagery of life before corona 
could have been very distorted. Because in contrast, our experience of Corona is all about that future directed self, right? The second someone gets into Corona and loses their job, their entire future gets wiped out. Mm. Instead of a new future possibility opening up. And this is where we now get to our third one, right? Which is, we were talking about the election, right? The elections are coming up this year. Of course, that's a lot of talk. Everything's interrelated, right? We know that all three of these topics are very interrelated. And regardless of how you feel with what happened in 2016 and what you want to have happen in 2020, if you reflect back and say, wow, what am I going to do for 2020 elections? Am I going to radicalize to one side or the other? Am I going to get more involved this year? I need some perspective. Look back to what you did in 2016. Look back to really not what was going on in the world, but look back to more what you were doing, how involved you were and say, okay, if I want to get involved, if I was involved, what I do, if I wasn't involved, why wasn't I? And if I was involved, what could I have done more? And if I wasn't involved, if I was involved, what would I have done? So that's kind of four yeah. questions that all revolve around that, but they, they spark up and you, you gain perspective and they begin to generate mostly because you realize that when you go back in your reflection, whatever story that comes up, ask yourself, what would the opposite side have looked like? Mm. Right? Because it's there. There's going to be, now it might not be completely, but there might be bits and pieces that are going to be there. Right? So asking the right questions is merely a matter of recognizing that when you close your eyes and you breathe and you go back into your past and a story comes to your brain, you're, you realize that your brain is sending you a distorted image of that story. It just is. So the first question you're going to ask is, okay, did something else happen? Was there an alternate ending, sort of say? Was there an alternate path? And if there was, what would it have looked like? Right? And then as you do that, you'll begin to see maybe some bits and pieces like, oh, crap, I really... I forgot about that one aspect that I really didn't like about this. Hmm, let me go deeper. And then, of course, you might have a little bit of an emotional resurfacing, right? Those emotions might start to come back. But remember, those things, while they might come in the form of negative talk, like, oh, you know, you were just, let's, let's take the weight loss thing. And this isn't directed at you, but let's just say like, oh, you were so fat, you were so ugly, you were so sloth. Like you repress those things because you, you might've been feeling them at the time. A lot of people, yeah. or the opposite, right? You were so skinny, you were wiry, you were weak, you were whatever these things were. Those, those were usually the real drivers for change. It was those, those hardcore negative things. But then you'll tell yourself, well, no, I was really driven. But in reality, like you looked and you go, dude, this is terrible, right? Yeah. But allowing those to come back up and say, okay, well, maybe they're kind of warning me and they're kind of saying, you can, you can descend back into this place of negativity. But if you kind of make peace with it and you learn how to kind of dance with it a little bit, mm -hmm. you'll begin to exhibit a little bit more control as you build your plan now for the future, right? Because as I said in the beginning, everything about the past is to direct action in the future. The issue is, is when we go back, we typically miss key critical components that are probably the most directive for what to either avoid or to engage in in the future because of the way that our memory compresses, because of the way that our subconscious brain is going to store. And it's, it is a very simple evolutionary survival mechanism, right? We have to, the only reason we would exist tomorrow is because we, 
we can make meaning from what happened in the past. And we believe that what we've done in the past is going to lead us to a better future. The reason we wake up every day is because we believe things will get better. Because if we didn't, we wouldn't wake up or we'd be very, very depressed. And ultimately we know how that sadly ends up. So again, in a very normal operating life where, you know, we don't have any psychological issues or pathologies present in the, in the normal course of human life where we go through despair and we go through joy, we use reflection as a way to really hone in and gain guidance and perspective for the future. But we have to be conscious and realize that that reflection that's coming back is probably going to be distorted because of just a very common, consistent principle of the natural world, which is when we look at something, we might skew it a little bit based on what we're thinking well so interesting um because i definitely you know personally going through a weight loss you know journey it's exactly like that you are fueled by the negative you know self-talk you know the very strong negative drivers um but then you remember it as, no, I was so motivated. I loved every second of it. You know, this is so, you know, inspiring when it's not like that. So it's very interesting. It always helps too to have someone else kind of pull that out of you of like, no, that's actually how it was, you know. Um, and it takes sometimes a third party perspective when we can go on and around and around and around in circles in our head about thoughts and how they, um, you know, were perceived, but you, I think sometimes it helps to have, you know, at least I love this aspect of like having a coach in my life for, you know, whatever aspect, whether that's health, you know, nutrition, business, it helps to kind of have someone pull you along. So you don't get stuck in these, you know, oh, this is so terrible right now. But then, you know, you get looking back and you're like, oh, wait, no, it wasn't so bad. It's like you can just enjoy the process, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's kind of a, a fundamental human characteristic, right? Is where it's very easy for us to see both the fault and the good in others. And sometimes it's very difficult for us to kind of see that within ourselves, right? It's, mm-hmm. we, we are judgmental creatures, right? As much as, as much as we try and move to a world of judgment free, you know, our, our brains, again, to be able to accurately predict in the future, we start to make these judgments. It's a, it's a, it's an efficiency mechanism, right? It's, it's, if we, if we can make a judgment, and we can be able to trust that judgment to then direct a behavior, well, we can begin to kind of modulate our mood and regulate our caloric requirements. So our body can maintain that homeostasis, right? When our brain feels safe, when we feel confident, when we know, when we kind of have this ability to know what's coming next, and essentially when that ability is trajecting upwards, when we have this positive slope, whether that's a realistic slope or that's completely, uh, you know, fantasized slope, depending on who you're talking to, if the brain believes that what the future is going to be is true, it can self-regulate. And, and it likes to do that. It likes to be very efficient. It likes to be super lazy and it likes to know what the crap's going on. Because if you think about it, the brain is in this black box and all it's got is it's got, it's got eyeballs. It's got a nose. It's got ears. It's got mouth. It's got proprioception. That's how it knows what's going on in the world. So it's in there thinking all the time and it's thinking in the dark. And uh, if we don't give it some type of guidance or direction, it goes wild. And 
we just want to make sure that when we're in this process of reflecting and looking for guidance in our own lives, because, you know, we do gain guidance from others. And, and you said that perfectly. Coaches are great for perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. And they'll usually point out things or, or bring it real because it's not their emotion. Right. It's not their experience. Right. This is in, in philosophy. This is known as the hard problem of consciousness. Right. We don't even know where to begin to look for a solution. But essentially, the hard problem of consciousness is regardless of how much you and I might be like if we're right here having this conversation, your experience is totally different than mine. And there is no way to even look for an answer of how we would be able to have a shared experience that is exactly the same. Because our perspectives are different. What's going on in our brains are different. Our past is different. Like, it's just, it's always going to be different. We're going to be watching the same movie. You cry, I laugh. Like, same movie. What the hell, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, it's great to have that other person to kind of point some things out. But ultimately, it's up to us as individuals to have that capacity to go into that reflexive moment and have the tools and the guidance to realize that, you know, what we experienced was real but yeah. we're remembering it distorted and we have to now have the, the courage and the creativity a little bit to kind of play with those memories and say, okay, what, what am I trying to do with this? Right. Am I really trying to make a change? Right. Or am I just trying to make a change because everyone else is making a change and I don't really care about it. Right. Those things happen all the time. So the power of, of the reflection is we find where our future is and we say, what do we want to do with this? Why, why am I looking back? Like, what do I want to gain? That's where we start. We ask that question and we say, okay, when I go back, I'm going to see a story and I'm going to automatically ask myself, what's the alternate ending? What's the flip side of that? And like I asked you, right? What was your experience with weight loss? Three positives. Okay, cool. What were your obstacles? Duh, alcohol, right? And I know if we prod it a little deeper, we can unearth some really critical ones, ones that you would probably want to prepare for if you were to go on the journey again. Those are going to be the ones that were the, the key barricades that now you can, you can remind yourself of those positive emotions and experiences to combat the potential negative obstacles. But you can only combat them if you see them. And you can only see them if you just look at the mirror slightly differently or if you just drop the blinders and say, boom, this is what I got. And now I got to figure out what I'm going to do with it. Mm. Wow. So powerful. So crazy. The, the mind is absolutely wild. It, I love that you say it's in this black box. And if we're not driven towards something, it'll go a little crazy. Um, with, I think, speaking on Corona specifically and how unsure everything was and is still now, do you think that's why people had so much trouble. It wasn't black or white. It was this huge gray area and people just had to kind of sit and pause and just chill out in the jello for a while. Um, and it was kind of uncomfortable for a lot of people. I know a lot of people went stir crazy and just couldn't sit with themselves. It reminded me a lot, a lot of like meditation. A lot of people can't just sit still and sit with themselves because it's, you know, they don't want to think about everything going on in their life. Right. Exactly. Exactly. They don't want to look in the mirror and see the person looking back for who they are. They want to have the, you know, the tight abs. They want to have it twisted. They want to have it up here. They want to have their best cheek forward, right? They, they want to have their ideal version of themselves looking back. And the second you're meant to sit down and you can't just have these external validators, you're all of a sudden left with something that 
you're not really comfortable with, right? You're, you're left with someone that you're maybe not so proud of. You're left with someone that really isn't, is you, but you just don't want to accept that person as you. And I, and I think this is a good point to kind of, to kind of make and then wrap up is especially as we, as we look at this continuum of time, we take this concept of reflection and we apply it to our, our current situation of the coronavirus. The first time in our modern history where there's been a worldwide lockdown where literally government said no, like shut the crap down. Like, of course, like suggestion, but this was like, no, like sh straight up stop, right? Like the majority of the world just stopped. And if you go back to the time, it was absolute pandemonium. It was, you know, the world's coming to an end. There's going to be riots and the gun you know, purchases went through the roof and people toilet paper, like, come on, if we, if we really look back, it was absolute, what is that going to do? Right? Like, it's just this very, it's ridiculous. If you really look back and reflect on what's going on, you'll color it ridiculous. But at the time it was an overwhelmingly scary experience for most people. Yeah. Right? For most people, it was overwhelming and it was very scary. And the reason it was is because the way that they've been taught how to live and exist was exactly what you said. It was not to live and exist with themselves, but it was to live and exist in this guise of someone else, that yeah. perfect person in the mirror, that yeah. person that the world would validate through worldly activities. So such as going to work, such as being in, in transit, such as listening and consuming and having opinion on current events, but being able to share that with someone else, not being able to sit with that with yourself and say, is this really who I am and what I believe? Or again, is this something I'm doing because it's trendy, because it's cool, because everybody else is doing it, right? And the second that people were told that they had to sit with themselves and they couldn't receive this external validation anymore, their entire world collapsed. But guess what? They, I mean, from what I understand, yes, suicide rates went up, divorce rates went up, oh, did and <laughs> depression went I can, up. I can, I can see it all. Right? All these things went up. And now you ask yourself, you're like, were these like pre-existing conditions that finally hit a tipping point? Mm. Probably. Right? I don't know someone who is perfectly happy, healthy, great with their life, great in their relationship. Hey guys, Corona, we're locking down. Bye bye, wife. Bye bye, you know, just everything got like, no. These were all pre existing conditions that just kind of, just like Black Lives Matter, this is a pre existing condition that came to a head and snapped and tipped, mm. right? You know, nothing, all of these, they, they don't come out of nowhere. Yeah. You can find the trends, you can see what's going on, right? And then you just learn how to make the adjustment. But the, the skill that we as humans, need to really embrace and improve upon is our ability to exist in chaos, right? Is our ability to essentially realize that the phrase, the only thing constant is change. I think, uh, I keep screwing up this guy's name, he's a Greek philosopher, like Heraclitus or something or some shit back in like the 400s BC yeah. said that the only thing constant is change. Yeah. And that is, again, one of those empirical natural truths. It is an absolute 100% fact. Nobody can argue with that. The only thing constant is change. Now, to the degree of change, the magnitude of change and how that change affects you are obviously very volatile and, va and variable. But no one can argue with the fact that everything changes all the time, that you're a different person today than you were yesterday. So therefore, we know that tomorrow you'll be different once again, maybe a day older. 
your hair might be a little longer, you might be congested, there will be something I guarantee you that changes, right? From the cellular level to the societal level, it is a consistent constant. And the reason that Corona disrupted so many people is because people hate change. They mm -hmm. hate it because the brain hates change because if the brain has to constantly be dealing with change, it cannot become efficient, it can't be lazy. So therefore we need an enormous amount of calories to keep up with that, right? And if we're not getting a healthy diet, if we're not getting the calories, if we're not getting the exercise, if we're not taking care of this physical organism, it's gonna regress down to just being a cyclical, robotic, lazy ball of mush. And the second that that ball of mush is called upon to act or to adapt, it's gonna get very cranky very quickly. Mm. And that's what we've seen, right? All of these conditions, everyone who's divorced, sadly the people who've committed suicide, the, uh, you know, all of the, the mental health disorder, th those were all pretty pre-existing. And they were pretty pre-existing because sadly people were not comfortable with themselves mm. and they weren't very clear or directed on where they were going in their future. Mm. In a nutshell, people had no purpose right? People had no purpose. And because they had no purpose, they couldn't make meaning out of things. So when Corona hit, they couldn't establish a positive meaning to it. It had to be negative because they thought everything was going to shit. And, the, you know, on the flip side of things, if things went to shit, what, what the hell are we going to do? You know, sitting in a, in a corner and eating ice cream and shaking about it's not going to help the world, right? Yeah. So if we, if we had purpose as humans, if we had meaning, if we had this future-minded ability to be able to establish a purpose to, to further things, then we can look back and say, all right, well, where did I screw up in the past? What worked well? And how can I use that as a prescription to move forward? Case in point for Corona, like I said before, fortunately for me, it worked out really well. I can go back and simulate situations of it not working out well, but instead of just sitting with it, I've taken the time now to do even more. So instead of just being like, oh, you know, I, I got my clients, I'm training, financially we're okay, and just flatline it, I said, whoa, I've realized this incredible opportunity. It's time to accelerate. It's time to move up. It's time to really hone in my purpose as an individual, which my purpose is to increase the well-being and, and flourishing of the entire human race. So whatever opportunity I have to do that, like having great conversations with you, writing a book right now, going after my master's, putting out messages of positivity, yeah. uh, you know, rallying behind the, the monumental social change that's happening right now. It's, you know, if we take that positive perspective and we keep it in check with the struggles that we've had in the past, we can ultimately begin to learn and understand that the only thing that is constant is change. There will be chaos inevitably of how much we try and plan and how much we try and structure. And the more we are able to adapt and become creatures of adaptation, which is essentially what we are, right? We're adapting to these natural stimuli. All we have to do as humans now is ask ourselves the questions. We figured out the natural principles. We know gravity. We know ground reaction. We know aerodynamics. We knew fluid buoyancy, right? We as humans understand this, right? You throw a person in the pool, they're going to learn real quick. They're going to sink or swim, right? That's, you don't gotta, you don't gotta give them a, a two hour lecture in school, just throw them in there. They'll adapt real quick, right? And now we have to say, well, what, what natural principles are we missing? Things like reflection, right? Things like learning how to ask questions. These are, these are, you know, the, the, these are very natural principles in the real world that if people were to become more aware of their existence, well, they can begin to leverage them. They can begin to be, you know, manipulate them 
around this identity that they want to become, which is all based on the future person that they are aspiring towards. And if that future person has a valid, valid purpose, right, with the ability to create meaning, the resources to derive guidance from the past, well, all of a sudden now, if something like Corona hits again, you know, if the world breaks out into war again, we have to realize that our individual place is going to be much better managed if we have that core set of values and principles that we can make all of our decisions around, right? And if we look at the corona and the quarantine and, and what's going to happen after this, it's people really need to reflect and they need to look back and they need to really say, well, what's, what's really driving them? Is it that external validation? And that's not an easy thing to, to look in the mirror and say, yo, I'm a superficial right? Like <laughs> yeah. that is not an easy thing to say, yeah. right? And you have to laugh when you say it because it sucks, yeah. right? But if that is your reality, if you really look back and you say, damn, I just love the material world. The only reason I'm making money is to shop. I don't care about other people. Okay. Now that you know that, do you want to continue propagating that? And I don't think any rational person would be like, yeah, F the world. Yeah. Because I think we're born with this innate capacity for community, for connection, and for compassion. Like mm -hmm. we're born with that. That's I believe that is in. I read this really cool thing. Um, it was called "Many Lives, Many Masters." It was by this guy, uh, Dr. Joseph Weissman, mm -hmm. and it, it was a little foo foo, right? It was it was a little yeah. bit about past life regression, and you know he went back like thirty thousand lives and whatever. And but he did say this really incredible thing that every single human being has a thousand faceted diamond inside of them, every single one, except each of us has a different amount of dirt that's on that diamond, mm. right? So some of us shine brighter than others, but that doesn't mean that we all don't have the capacity to erase some of that dirt and allow our true nature to shine. And I do believe that our true nature is one of positivity. It's one of connectivity. It's one of compassion. It's one of kindness. I believe that's, that is core to the human race. And if, especially in this day and age where we have this incredible neocortex, this prefrontal cortex, this consciousness, this ability to, you know, everyone loves to talk about, well, evolutionarily, we have this limbic brain and this primitive brain that says we were wired to fight and true, 100% true. When there were tigers attacking us, we figured yeah. out how to cage the tigers, right? right. <laughs> Carol Baskin, right? We figured out how to Netflix cage shows about them. <laughs> I know, right? We have figured out how to eliminate that which threatens us. And now the biggest threat to the human being is the human being. Yeah. Our biggest threat right now is ourselves. Mm. And so, of course, we create defense mechanisms. But instead of it being a violent physical defense, it's been more of a societal, psychological defense, right? We're in our heads too much. Mm. And if we can, again, begin to reconnect with this natural world and go back to what our deep roots are, which is we are a communal species, which means that in order to be communal, we have to have trust. In mm. order to have trust, we have to have love. And the love that we have to have for another has to start with ourselves. And if we can't sit in a room where we can just love ourselves for what we are and not what we're externally validated as or how we're defined with our job or how people see us, we got nothing. Yeah. So that's where I would encourage everyone to begin to reflecting upon this week is just take a second, look back and say, yo, my name's Jason, but really, who am I? Who is that person that's looking back? And just let your brain unpack everything that it's got. And then the second it does say, okay, now what am I missing? What else is in there? If I'm a generous person, 
Okay, let me pull up some examples of when I'm generous. Cool, now let me pull up some examples of when I'm not generous. And if you can't, you're lying to yourself. Mm. Because the only way you became generous is by not being generous and then wanting to be generous. Mm. Same way that if you gain weight and you wanna lose weight, you have to have gained the weight to wanna lose the weight. Mm. Nobody is born with the optimal, first off, optimal is an illusion. I say this all the time. Optimal is an illusion. There is no way of ever obtaining an optimal anything. But what we can do is we can move one step closer to positive. We can move a little bit more in the right direction where we're making a true impact on both ourselves, but more importantly, the world. And, and I really do truly honestly believe that everything we do as human beings is not only for our future self, but it's for a better future for everyone because of our interconnectedness. And that's where we derive meaning from reflection is we look back and we say, hey, do I, I want to be this person? I look back, I wasn't this person. Well, okay, what am I going to do right now to make that person tomorrow be more like what I thought I was back then? Mm. Do you, I love that. Uh, everything about that is huge, amazing. I think human beings, we are uh, connected through community and like, you know, we have to have trust, but once again, it starts with yourself. It's kind of like, if you can't be kind to yourself, you can't be truly kind to others. You can be like fake kind, a little wishy-washy, you know, it but can be IG kind. Yeah. You can be, yeah. Yeah. But it's not like genuine kindness. Um, are there things like, for example, for me, meditation has made me be able to even just sit with myself because I was someone who, you know, I was a busybody, absolutely just like, you know, I'd have two, three jobs, couldn't ever just like sit with myself. I always just had to be busy. I'm like, oh yeah, I just love making money. But that was my perception of it. When it's like, you know, kind of similar to your traveling, you're like, I love traveling, but you're like, I'm not just sitting with myself. Do you think, or what kind of actions can people take to kind of reflect, um, you know, to get that reflection? Sometimes I have a dedicated time on Sundays that I sit and reflect, you know, on the week of, did it turn out how I wanted? What do I want the next week to look like? I meditate every day for, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes. That has really helped me. Do you have any like actionable tips for people? Of course. Do I have tips for people? Yes, of course. And you're going to hate it, but that's okay. Right? So what the, to find the right time or find the right way to kind of reflect and to, to, to get into this area, you have to find an area of your life where you are completely uncomfortable. Mm. And that's the area that you got to go into. You have to become comfortable in the discomfort, right? You have to live in the tension. Again, it's kind of putting yourself into that jello. It's kind of suspending yourself but it's doing it on purpose. So it's legitimately uh, for all you lifters out there or anyone who ever works out, how many times do you walk up to a bike if you're about to ride, step outside when you're about to run, step under 500 pounds on the bar and be like, I'm going to lift this and be like, this is going to suck. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but then you do it. And what happens? It's all good. You're like, this was great. This was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we have to do for the reflexive part, right? We have to go into an area. We have to ask ourselves a question. We have to pick a topic that we do not like, something that makes us feel uncomfortable, right? Take it to the current day. If, 
if the phrase Black Lives Matter makes you feel uncomfortable, you got to sit with it. If the corona and the quarantine makes you feel uncomfortable, you got to sit with it. Mm -hmm. If the results of the election in 2016 make you feel uncomfortable, you got to sit with it. Right. If your job makes you feel uncomfortable, you got to sit with it. Right. If there's any area or aspect of your life that you have some discomfort, that's where you got to begin to reflect because that's that discomfort is a sign. Right. Pain. Pain is shot through the body as the brain's way and the central nervous system way of saying, yo, there's a problem. And it's the quickest way to change behavior. Right. Because we want to avoid it. We don't want to go there. So if we're getting a signal of discomfort from any topic, from any question, from any identity, from any aspiration, we have to sit with it and say, why is this sending me a signal? Why is there a pain here? Why is there a discomfort? What am I missing? And now when I sit there, I got to say, dang, again, I thought I was a generous person, but maybe I'm not. And that makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm. So now what you said beautifully, Allie, comes to pass. It's what we do that defines who we are. It's something called the idiogenic self, right? You know, we have the, the egogenic, right? Which is we're doing it for our ego. Um, we have like the physiogenic, which is like, you know, kind of like what we're perceived as. And then we have the idiogenic, which is essentially we are defined by our actions. Mm. And that's where once you sit and you ask yourself the tough question, right? And you reflect back on it and you say, okay, I, I found a topic that I'm very nervous about, or that just makes me uncomfortable. Like, People are like, I'm not political. I love that one. I'm not political. Excuse me? No, you don't like to follow politics, but you are 100% political. You have to be. Because the second you go and you bitch about the speed limit, you're political because that was set by the government. Yeah. Right? The second you don't like being taxed, you're political because that was set, right? So yeah. everybody's political. It's just you don't like to engage in politics. Why? Well, they're meaningless okay, so you're saying you're an anarchist. No, I'm a capitalist. Are you sure? Right? So you see how, you see how that can create a lot, yeah, a lot of confusion, right? But then but you have to really- just not. Yep. Nope. Bye-bye. Yep. Pain, mm -hmm. stay away, right? Yeah. So, so, so the question, you know, to, it, for this to be very effective, you have to lean into tension, mm. right? The only way for a diamond to grow is under pressure. Mm. Only way. Yeah. It doesn't just come out like that. The only way to hit 500 pounds on the bench is not to do 135 every day. It's, yeah. to, you, it's to step it up. It's to hit your threshold. It's to become comfortable in the discomfort. And then it's to step a little further. That's mm -hmm. the only way. That's the only way our bodies grew is by pressure, by yeah. gravity, right? By different forces, by shear forces, by torque forces. That's how our bodies developed. They developed under pressure. That's how our psyches developed. Pressure, mm. Right. None of us can remember back to how many times we failed as a kid. If we failed as much as we did as a kid, as an adult, we don't, we don't kill ourselves. The, the amount of times a child fails or is told no or says something wrong or gets punished or reprimanded is astronomically disproportionate to the amount it happens now. Yet we take one little thing and blow it way out of proportion. What happened? What happened? Why, why can't we take criticism or why can't we deal with change or why can't we deal with pressure? This is a topic for a whole nother podcast, right? But, you know, staying on the reflexive term, we have to become comfortable in the discomfort. We have to realize that we, we have to lean into that tension a little bit in order to grow. And when we're looking back to reflect, we have to really understand, well, what's, what's moving us, what's driving us. And the only way to get to that question is whatever story pops up, we ask for the alternate ending. What's the B roll? What's the, what really happened? 
am I looking straight on in the mirror or am I slightly off to the side with my chin up so I have a bigger chest? Mm. And it's okay. But if you don't want to be that person, if you actually do want to aspire to a better version of yourself, well, this is the true hard path to that way, right? There's, there's tons of foo-foo courses and there's tons of sayings and all this stuff is great motivators, but it's not going to give you any prescriptive direction of how to get to the end game, right? So again, life is so simple, but it's not easy. And everything we do is incredibly complex, but we don't need to complicate it, right? So we have to realize that life is simply complex, but we don't need to easily complicate it, which means that we got to put in the hard work. We just got it. There's no way around it. There's no, there's no blue pill. I mean, there is a blue pill. You take it, you wake up. It's all the same. You just yeah. go right back to just it's the emotional roller coaster. But if you want some type of positive trajectory, if you're kind of sick and tired of just being like, why can't I get a grip on my life? Go back, uncover what really happened. Mm. Ask yourself where you want to go with it. Sit in the moment and carpe diem the shit out of that. Mm. And then realize that it's what you do in that moment, the hard stuff, the tension, the discomfort, that's really going to define who you become in the future. Because you've looked at the past, you've made the hard choice, and it's going to be hard. If it's easy, if you're like, ah, this is too, it's, nope, you're not being true to yourself. You're, you're taking an easy way out. You're, you're missing something. Now, that doesn't mean that, it, again, it might make you a better person. But if you want to actually push yourself to as close to optimal as you can, because remember, it's an illusion. But if you want to get a little bit further, right, ask yourself, is good enough for me or do I want great? And that's how you're going to get there. Well, powerful. I love that. Great way to end. Thank you so much. Absolutely, oh my gosh. Um, And where can we find with you to connect on social? So I am on Instagram, uh, Jason, J-A-S-O-N underscore Hamera. Uh, pretty simple IG tag. I'm working on a few other projects uh, and different things that will be coming out in the future. So I don't want to give those away. But uh, like I said, I'm writing a a quick ebook. It's called Creatures of Change. We're kind of going to dive deeper. Yeah, we're going to dive deeper into understanding this, working on my master's in educational psych. So just trying to help educate and learn how people learn so that I can better serve everyone and just again kind of make the world a little bit of a better place by increasing human well-being and flourishing and by dropping these awesome ass reflections on friday yes oh yeah do you want to do you want to perform yours oh, of course do okay. i want to perform oh my gosh i almost forgot i'm so sorry yes. that's okay i i led you into that i knew I was, I was like oh she's wrapping up but that's okay how do i reel her back in um no but this is great so yeah i do uh every friday i do this thing called a reflection friday i do it with an x I think I told the story before, it's more about the flexing, but we're trying to flex mental muscles, right? And just look back on those things that might have made us strong, but also might have challenged us. And and we realize if it doesn't challenge us, it won't change us, right? So I put these reflections together as a lyrical way of, of kind of summing up what a good topic for you to reflect on. And this week, it just so is aptly named, What Moves You is the reflection. So without further ado, here's our Reflection Friday. It's kind of elusive, this thing that moves us, a drive, a desire, a spark into fire, from which we forge motivation, we're told. Is that thing from our soul, sending our life ahead, without it we'd be dead, fending off the pangs of meaninglessness, so we try not to miss achieving our goals and finding happiness. This is in fact an incomplete pact, 
of thing of thinking about things that gives real meaning to our dreams. Because you see, when he reflects back on the positivity, it doesn't start with the motivation. Rather, an inspiration sets our sights for what's to follow, needs a map and headlights. Because without both of these things, we run an incomplete scheme where we confuse our success with just passing a test. Yet to find real happiness is to develop the rest of your personality, not just mess with superficiality. So the next time you're down, face sporting a frown, take a peek into your mind and remember a time when you felt your best. Deconstruct this and what's left is a simple solution to a soul that's been polluted. Find some inspiration that births a motivation to lift yourself up. Spoiler alert, it works better when you're inspired, not for yourself, but for us. Whoa. Whoa. Oh my gosh. You're so good at these. They all come on my mind. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yes. Um, I'll link all of your, um, your Instagram handle in the show notes so people can get connected with you so they can see that every Friday. Um, cause they're amazing. And thank you so thank much you. for another great show. I'm so pumped to get this out. Absolutely. Allie, it's always a pleasure. And hopefully we can, uh, start moving the world a little bit more positive one person at a time. Mm, I believe it. I think we can. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I always love chatting with Jason. We always get into such great conversation. I hope it brought you a lot of value and some actionable tips and tricks. If you love the show today, please give the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That would be super helpful and beneficial. And if you would like to connect with Jason, I've linked all of his information below in the show notes so you can take a peek there. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. Allie out.